The Auburn Tigers are 3-0. and It is time to react. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. Zach, where are you? Do we need, what is going on? You're in a different place. This is unfamiliar. It's striking. What's going on? Do we need to send help? Do we need to call somebody? Are you okay? Uh, I, I am okay, which All is right. good, which is good. Battling some voice stuff. There are cats here, and so my immune system is turning on me, but that's okay. Uh, no, I'm, uh, I've been sent on a secret mission, uh -huh. and uh, so far, everything's going okay. Good. All right. Well, if that change, like blink four times consecutively, if we need to send help at some point right. during the, the broadcast. All right. I appreciate um, that. All right. The Auburn Tigers are three and oh, Auburn took care of business against Sanford. It was scoreless after the first quarter. 45-13 is the final. Peyton Thorne put up some big numbers in the game. Yeah. First Auburn quarterback since 2013 to pass for 200 and rush for 100 in a game. Um, let's start there. Peyton Thorne, your response to what you saw? I thought he was exceptional. I thought he responded really well to the few mental errors that he made. It was really just one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were panicking over that first pick that was thrown in the end zone, and I thought that was a catchable ball. It was a risky pass, right? Yeah. And hence, you saw the worst-case scenario of it. It get batted up, and then a Sanford defender catching it. But it hit the target in the hands. It was a tight window, and he, he, he fit it in there. And then Hugh Freeze's comments after the game kind of confirmed that. I don't mm -hmm. think they were worried about that pass and that decision. I think they were more worried about, okay, it hit you in the shoulder pad. Why didn't you catch it? Which is great. You know, I, I think that kind of matches what a lot of people saw on that throw. The other one, throwing into, some people are saying it's quadruple coverage. It was definitely double coverage. There yeah. was definitely two defenders in the area. Uh, when you pass up Jair Shorter, who's wide open, crossing in front of you that's really the only play where you look back and say okay Peyton Thorne messed up there yeah. but everything else Brad I thought was exceptional what were your thoughts yeah I thought the same thing we talked all week about how we wanted to see the passing game be a focus of the <laughs> game plan yeah and it was right out of the gate first play Shane Hooks right boundary second play another pass to the left boundary um Omari Kelly was was on the receiving end of that you saw five different receivers catch balls in this game. You saw Auburn get down to first and goal at the one-yard line, right, before that interception. First and goal at the one, pass. Second and goal at the one, pass. Third and goal, you figure, and I've got to think that the mindset was, we need to work on the passing game. We like the passing game in these short yardage goal line situations. Let's play around on first and second down if we have to. And then we just punch it in on third down if we need to. Then they got the procedure penalty. It changed the play call and thus the interception. But otherwise, that offense was rolling. And I thought you saw exactly the kind of game plan that we talked about and kind of wanted and thought the team needed to come out with in the game. Yeah, it's exactly what we wanted to happen, Brad. And it's kind of cool to see all that come to fruition and there was a lot of talk about when Auburn got to that one-yard line and how they handled it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But but I, I think I think if it was a normal game, if it was a conference game, I think they run it there. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think getting those extra reps, those game-time reps, was way more valuable than that one-yard against Sanford that would allow you to score. So what? You didn't put up 50. You put up 45. You went 45 to 13. If you, uh, if you run it there, sure, you win 52 to 13. Maybe some more guys get reps. But I just think the way they handled how long they kept the starters in, 
the way they handled the play calling as long as Peyton Thorne was in the game. Mm -hmm. I think this game was all about making Auburn better before they travel to College Station to take on Texas A&M and start conference play. That's what Saturday night was all about, is can Auburn be better 60 minutes of action later than when the kickoff started? And I think that happened. I certainly think that happened, and I'm not saying that couldn't have happened if Jarquez Hunter got a one-yard rushing touchdown in the first quarter. I'm not saying that 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 necessarily hurts you in any way, but I don't think it makes you as good as those those three or four reps you got because of this. And look at situational awareness too, right? The the the, don't jump off sides on the one, right? Like I mean, what a great coaching moment that is as well. So I think that whole series of sure it didn't result in points. I think Auburn got better because of that series. I think that was more beneficial long-term for the course of the season than a one-yard rushing touchdown. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Everything is fluid in the butterfly effect. You know, one play here may change what happens later in the game. But um, I think the reps at the goal line in the first quarter of a scoreless game help you grow more than reps in the fourth quarter of a game that's out of hand, those situational uh, type of reps. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, Peyton Thorne is obviously the, I mean, I think anyway, he's your, he's the standout that you point to first because of his stats. And and some people are, you know, people will talk about the decision-making and I got texts during the game about the decision-making. And when you pull back, and I understand that in the moment, but when you pull back, I'm going to compare it to, I'm going to make some comparisons throughout the show. It's just what we do. Um, so I have a daughter, she's in first grade and they award, they didn't do this when I was in school. They award red points and green points to kids in, in her classroom. So, you know, you do something good, you get a green point. And if you do something that's bad, if you misbehave, you get a red point. And I felt like in this game, Peyton Thorne got a ton of green points. Back shoulder throw Fairweather, green point. Deep ball Jay Fair, green point. Um, you know, the, the and we could name several others. I mean, I don't yeah, have to sure. play sheet, but tons of green points. He got a red point for the, for the pass into double coverage. But at the end of the day, I don't think you focus on one red point if you got 10 green points on the other side of the ledger. Coaches are going to do that with players in practice, and you have teaching moments. But overall, I don't think the focus is on the red point if you got a ton of green points over here on the other side. So when we talk standouts, I think Peyton is your number one standout in the game. Yeah, Peyton led all Auburn offensive players in pro football focus as metrics, which is telling. I think it's probably been a minute since a, a quarterback um, led that threw for that much. Robbie Ashford led the team, I believe, a few weeks ago because of his rushing game, obviously, and how effective that was. It's probably against UMass, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at Peyton, and we can go ahead and work our way into standouts here. When you look at Peyton, 282 yards through the air, and obviously, you know, his over 100 yards on the ground was – was dynamic, but I'm looking at that 75% completion percentage. Yep. And that's something like a starting SEC quarterback should do against the Sanford. No disrespect to Sanford, but if they were going to upset Auburn, they were going to score a lot of points. Yep. Uh, their defense isn't good. And uh, I just think when you look at that 75% completion percentage, we've always had to make excuses defending Auburn quarterbacks. And all of a sudden now it's like, we've got a guy that can take care of the football for the most part and deliver accurate passes because even, even when Auburn fans were panicking in the first quarter, I had several people text me as well, Brad. Um, I'm sure that was less annoying for me than for you because you have to help run a radio broadcast. I'm just watching the game, but I think uh, the main thing I t- responded with to all those people was 
don't look at the score. Look at the reps. Each individual rep, how do you feel about the reps and then zoom out? How do you feel about that series? And then how do you feel about that quarter and so on? Without looking at the score, yeah. don't look at the production. Look at each individual rep. And I think when you did that, it all made sense. I mean, because even, even the plays that were bad, people were saying, man, Peyton can't throw it. And it's like, no, no. If anything, it's the decisions. His yeah. throws are beautiful. No, 100% his throws are beautiful. And um, Zach uh, may have frozen on us there for a second, so we'll get Zach back. No, his throws were great. We so, we've seen the touch that he has on a ton of deep balls. And uh, the, the one to Jay Fair to the uh, – it was across the field of the left boundary was just absolutely beautiful. He yeah. floated it up there perfectly. So – no, you're right, and I think that perspective is important to keep in mind. And I'll give you this. You have the luxury in a game against Samford to have that kind of perspective because totally. you know that an interception at the goal line midway through the first quarter against Samford isn't going to – you're not going to come back at the end of the game and go, well, how important was that interception back in the first quarter? Conference play, that changes, and mm -hmm. so it's a different conversation. It's a different episode in the series. But, yeah, at the time, you're able to have that perspective because you're playing Sam. All right. I've got a question I want to ask you okay. in just a second, and then we'll continue our standouts. We've already hit on Peyton Thorne. I'm ready. But, look, it's a better you demand perfection. And my bookie delivers NFL college football. Uh, they've got a brand-new cash-out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odd boost, free bets, and super contest this season has my uh, my bookie has a no strings attached cash bonus so lets you deposit and withdraw quickly use promo code next round and you can get some extra cheddar on that deposit free money bet your deposit amount once and you're ready to cash out at any time and that is with promo code next round you can bet anything anytime anywhere only with my bookie brad my question to you yes do you feel better about auburn's chances going to college station now than you did Saturday before kickoff. Yes, and I was pretty confident before Saturday, uh, before Auburn and Sanford played. I wasn't, my confidence about College Station didn't necessarily take a hit with Auburn's performance against Cal. Um, just because, you you know, again, it's just so different. The approach is different. The focus this week in practice will be different. Yeah. I thought the team was going to come out a little bit sluggish, frankly, in the first quarter against Sanford, we talked all week long about how the recovery from Cal would affect things, and Hugh Freeze said as much. So that's a long way around the world to say, yeah, I'm, I'm more confident uh, about it. I think that what Auburn gleaned from the passing game, the confidence the receivers take, uh, the confidence that Peyton takes in the passing game, and now the amount of time that Texas A&M is going to have to work on Peyton as a runner, I think all that boosts my confidence in Auburn going on the road to Texas A&M. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I think so, because I think we know what the passing offense is supposed to look like mm -hmm. now. I mean, I think before the Sanford game, it was all conceptual. It was all theory. It was all based off of what they pitched in meeting rooms and watched film on. Now, now it's okay. We have concrete evidence. Yeah. This is what the passing game looks like. And when Peyton Thorne's dealing, this is what the upside could be. Now, the big response all week we're going to hear is Texas A&M's defense is better than Sanford's. 
And that is true. But it's not great. Yeah. Especially like on the passing side of it. And they're going to have to pass the ball to do that. And so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of time spent watching, you know, what Miami's passing attack did to the Texas A&M Aggies. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be the biggest focus this week. And I think they're going to probably try to emulate that as much as they possibly can. We will talk more about this throughout the week. I'm not convinced A&M's defense is better than Cal's defense. I'm not convinced. I don't, th- I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't so think it is. If Auburn's already played a quote-unquote better defense, now A&M will probably play better against Auburn than it played against Miami because yeah. every game is a new episode in their series as well. And it's conference opener, and they're pretty desperate in, in this game. So we will talk about A&M plenty throughout the week, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I don't think their defense set apart in a vacuum is better than Cal's defense. And they will. The, the, the players on the field for A&M and every defense that Auburn plays now this year is going to have to hesitate just for a second, even when Peyton is in the game, when he gives or attempts or looks like he's giving to the running back. Because remember, he can pull it and he's capable. They're going to have to think that way now. And all you need is just a a bit of a split second. So um, in the meantime, we'll talk about uh, some of the other standouts in the game. And, you know, I look at the the stats in the ballgame and Auburn averaged 5.2 yards per rush, five different wide receivers caught passes, three tight ends and two different running backs caught passes in the game. I like Omari Kelly. Amari Kelly is a guy that we haven't talked about a ton in this receiving core because there have been so many other names and Auburn's looked to him deep a couple of times and uh, they were able to get to him a couple of times in the game against Sanford. I I love having guys who may be down the depth chart a little bit who become dependable in the receiving game. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Some of the other stats that that stood out. it was really the quarterbacks in the running game that did most of the damage. And I I know people are asking a little bit about uh, the running backs and the lack of effectiveness in the run game. I think, first of all, you could see Sanford putting eight guys, nine guys in the box. They were trying to sell out to stop the run game. They were guessing, they were shooting gaps. And a couple of times, especially in short yardage situations, uh, they guessed right when they shot the gaps. And so as a result, the Auburn running backs ran 28 times for 86 yards. That's just barely three yards a carry. Um, Auburn didn't do everything effectively in the game, but because of the way Sanford was playing the run, it led to the passing game being able to get some of those bigger plays. So, um, and keep in mind too, that Auburn played without, and this is as we look forward, Auburn played most of the game without Isavian Miller. He went out with an injury in the first half. Auburn played most of the game without Cam Stutz, who the staff praised tremendously for his play against Cal. Um, He went out on the first series of the game. So uh, playing without Tutal Miller, playing without Cam Stutz, you played without two of your starting offensive linemen for more than half of the ball game. And uh, add add to that, that uh, Jarquez Hunter was slowed with an ankle injury in the second half of the ball game. So on the offensive side, to have the balance, 
to put up the, the yardage to score 45 points in the final three quarters of the game as a whole, as you step back from uh, the, the game and the further we get away from it, I think that is something to be happy with and excited about as we move forward uh, into conference play. All right, as always, we want you to, uh, we ask for your comments. We love your feedback uh, here as we go forward. We're gonna talk about what is ahead for this team. But first, let's tell you, as you go into another week of the NFL, as we get set for conference play, things are getting serious. Football is here and we are deep into the month of September now. If you need some plays, go to lanceslock.com. Uh, really, this is the time. If you haven't done it by now, uh, you need to jump on board at lanceslock.com, get the best price, on monthly and annual packages. Sign up today for the best deal, lanceslock.com. So defensively, right? This is a ball hawking defense now. And Auburn again was without Jalen McLeod. They were without Donovan Kaufman. They were without Nehemiah Pritchett. Two starters in the secondary and another high impact third down pass rusher. Keontae Scott, was injured early in the ball game. And so more work for guys like Kay and Lee, JD Rim's first game of the season, and he makes an impact with an interception in the game. Another interception for Jalen Simpson. He continues to produce. I don't know. This is something we're going to try to look for. If you know it, you can leave it in the comments section, but um, we're going we're gonna to research the last time that an Auburn player had an interception in three straight games. Uh, Auburn was without four impact players on the defense for either most or all of the game, and Samford managed two explosive plays. I think it was two. Chandler Smith had, had his 39-yard touchdown catch, and that was a play where Eugene Asante uh, bit on a play fake. He was trying to make a play, and, and he kind of he shot a, a gap uh, over near the sideline, and um, and, and the guy went by him and had an open space to catch the ball, go for the touchdown. That 39-yard play, and then DeMonte Witherspoon had a 22-yard run. It was not a touchdown, just a 22-yard run. And that was it, without those four impact players defensively. At least two of the scores, one touchdown and one field goal uh, that Auburn has allowed this year, th those have come on short fields. So I think your standouts are... Uh, the entire defense. And I think that's got to give you a lot of confidence moving forward, even against a Texas A&M team that gained a little bit of confidence from uh, their game against ULM uh, in College Station yesterday. But I, I really like the way the defense performed and um, looking forward to seeing what Marcus Harris and Jason Jones and those guys can do. Texas A&M has some explosive players offensively. I think they may have the best running back, arguably, in the SEC, one of the top two or three. And so uh, we'll obviously talk plenty this week about what Auburn's plan is going to be uh, against the Aggies when conference play begins. So, you know, taking a final look at some of the numbers in this game, again, scoreless after the first quarter, and then Auburn gets two touchdowns in each of the last three. Robbie Ashford gets a little bit of passing work. Uh, late in the ball game, he finishes three for four with 58 yards and a touchdown. A beautiful ball that he lofted up to Micah Riley. Uh, Micah is supremely talented, and the coaches absolutely love his upside. 
and what he adds to this tight end room that's already very deep and already versatile. And the fact that, you know, you can add Mike O'Reilly into that mix, uh, things are going to be really good this year and for years to come in that room. So, um, yeah, Auburn and, and Sanford, it, it went the way that, frankly, we thought it might. And I think now what? Auburn's got to get healthy. And there's not a whole lot that we can do uh, as fans or as people who who talk about the team to affect that. That's for sure. Uh, that's just the hope. You got to have Cam Stutz. You got to have Tutal Miller. Hopefully you get Nehemiah Pritchett back against the Texas A&M passing attack. Connor Wigman is a uh, high quality quarterback. He's certainly in the top half of quarterbacks in the SEC. I think the early game helps Auburn, but again, we'll talk more about Texas A&M. It's so tempting, right, to talk more about the conference opener than about this homecoming game against Samford, um, but we'll get there. Jay Fair, seven catches, 93 yards. Rivaldo Fairweather, five catches, 57 yards. Shane Hooks, three for 47. I look now at some of the cumulative numbers for the year for Auburn, and now Jay Fair has 14 catches through the first three games. That's good. That's about where you'd like it to be. Rivaldo Fairweather now has eight. If he's going to average between three and five catches a game going forward, that's about where you need it to be. Shane Hooks now with five catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. He got the first touchdown catch. He got the first catch of the game overall. So really great to see him now become uh, an early target and an integral part of this offensive game plan early in ball games. Uh, overall, again, Auburn took care of business. Auburn did what it needed to do. The rain held off, and we're all happy that the Auburn Tigers are 3-0. and Zach will be back with us as uh, we go forward this week. In the meantime, I think that's going to wrap things up for this reaction edition of Village Vice. So until next time we tell you, everyone has vices. Just make sure Village Vice is one of yours.